Welcome to the Creativity at Work podcast, hosted by the School of Business at Virginia Commonwealth University. Welcome again to another edition of Creativity at Work, hosted by the VCU School of Business. My name is Ken Kahn. I'm the Senior Associate Dean for the School of Business. And with me today is Dr. Ronnie Ryder Palman, who is a professor at University of Nebraska, Omaha, and an expert on creativity. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Can you tell us a little about your background? Sure thing. So uh, my PhD is in industrial organizational psychology. Um, it's a somewhat little known field of psychology where we take principles of psychology and apply them to the workplace. So it's a it's a cousin of management and, and organizational behavior. Um, and I have been working on the concept of, of creativity in the workplace since my graduate days, a graduate studies days in, in the 80s. Uh, so I've been doing this for about 30 years. I received my degree from uh, George Mason University, so not too far away from here. Um, and as you said, I am now a professor of psychology, of industrial organizational psychology at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Um, and I teach in our graduate program there. Very good. And welcome. Yeah, Thank you. So Dr. Ryder Palman is serving as our visiting scholar in residence today. So we're very pleased that she was able to spend some time for our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit a little bit about your research on creativity? Sure. So I have a number of, of, of streams of research. They all center around creativity um, and innovation. Uh, but in, in somewhat different directions. So I started out, my research started with looking at cognitive processes of creativity or thought processes of creativity, basically what differentiates creative thinking from cre- thinking that results in less creative ideas. Uh, from there, I got interested in how teams think in a creative way. So we have individuals within the team and each individual can think creatively or not, but how do we aggregate those thought processes at the, at the team level? And there's not a whole lot of, of research on that. In particular, both at the individual level and at the team level, I'm interested in what is happening before idea generation. So how do people identify problem and define problem and construct problems? And what happens after idea generation, particularly how people now that we have all these ideas, how do we evaluate those ideas and solutions? How do we choose the ones that we're going to implement in, in the organization? Um, those two areas have been somewhat neglected, in particular relative to the extensive literature on idea generation and brainstorming, uh, both at the individual and team level. Uh, because I was also interested in teams, the whole concept of what makes teams tick, how they work, the social processes associated with effective teamwork as it relates to creativity are things that I that I look at. Um, leadership of teams and creative individuals, I'm very interested in that. Um, and kind of the interplay among all of those things. Um, I'm also interested in, in individual differences in motivational personality variables that influence creativity. Um, so basically, if it involves how we can make people more creative or teams more creative, I'm, I'm interested in that and in understanding the basic concepts and then translating that to actual interventions that then can facilitate creativity in the workplace is something that I'm, I'm really excited about. So what are some of your recommendations for companies? So again, I tend to think in terms of, of interventions. Um, so when I learn something about creativity and, and what makes creativity happen, how can we translate that to, to an intervention that, that would facilitate creativity? So I th- a couple of things. Um, 
the cognitive processes, the thinking uh, approach to, to creativity gives us a lot of clues on how creative people think. And the nice thing about that is that those things are easily translated into procedures um, or, if you will, heuristics or, or even, you know, I sometimes call them tips and tricks uh, when I teach my students that you can easily do um, if you remember to do them. The, the problem is we don't always remember to do them. So, for example, one of the findings is that if people take some time and rephrase or rethink about the problem from multiple perspectives, uh, they come up with more creative ideas. So it's easily translatable to take some time, sit down, think about your problem, and then try to think about it from multiple perspectives and, and write this down so you have it in front of you, and then take those things into account when you are coming up with a solution. So don't just rush into the solution. Take some time to think about what the problem really is and think about it from multiple perspectives. Um, again, you have to remember to do it, but it's really not a difficult process once you start it. Uh, we know that uh, su leadership support for creativity is really, really critical. Uh, the problem is that we have too many organizations and too many leaders that say, yes, I want creativity, but then the behavior doesn't indicate that. So, oh, don't give me that idea. We can never implement it. Um, um, you know, not taking ideas seriously or this is too risky. I don't want to do it. Or even we don't have time for this when we know creativity takes time to do. So uh, it's not just saying that we care about creativity. It's doing the behaviors that truly support creativity. Um, you know, stop talking about failure. What did we learn from it? It's not a failure. We learned something, then let's move on and not repeat the same mistake again. It's okay. It's not that we're encouraging mistakes. But if people are too afraid of failure, they're not going to give you your the best ideas and the most creative ideas because creative ideas by definition, if we haven't tried it before, we don't know if we're going to fail or succeed. How do you make creativity at work happen? That, yeah, I try to practice what I preach. I hope I'm successful. You'll have to ask my students. Um, but I try in my own work um, to allow students to come up with their own ideas as much as they can. Um, so I do encourage them to start thinking about their areas of interest and research um, within this domain of creativity, but separate from what I do. Uh, so it contributes to to the work that we do, and scaffolds on it, but not it's not a mirror of what I do. Uh, I try when I critique their writing not to f make them write like me, but try to keep their own voice in there. Just go, you know. Here you need to explain yourself a little bit more. Here's what's missing, um, <clears throat> so they don't lose themselves. Uh, they still who they are, but maybe a better version uh, or, or at least a more educated version of that. Um, I try to encourage them to take risks up to a point. Uh, you know, they're still graduate students. They're still, you know, I don't want them to, for example, take on a dissertation that will take them 10 years to complete. That's not an acceptable risk, but it's okay to do something uh, that may not be successful. I remind them that we, you get the degree whether your study was successful or not. We learn something from it. So it's what, and and every time something doesn't go right, I I say, okay, so what what did you learn and what will you do differently? Because the focus is not as on what went wrong, but how can we improve? 
So at the beginning, uh, before we started, we were chatting a little bit about what you were doing with one of your classes. Would you be okay with sharing Absolutely. that story? So I, I teach a class on creativity and innovation in business. Um, and uh, when you asked me what do I do that is creative, my first answer was I have no idea. Um, and I think partly because I once I do it, I don't think of it as creative. It's it's a done deal. So of course, it's and it's obvious to me how I got there. So it it's not. I don't view it as something particularly unique or different. Uh, but I shared this idea with some colleagues who thought it was really interesting, and then it made me realize that maybe this idea is actually kind of different and creative. Uh, so in my creativity class, I ask. I have a list of. TED Talks that I personally screened before that have to do with creativity. There are about eight different ones, and I have the students pick two that they're interested. So it doesn't matter which ones. They're all good ones. Um, But I have them pick two that they find the most interesting. And they have to listen to uh, and watch the TED Talk um, and then briefly summarize it. And then I ask them three questions. So we study the science of creativity. What do we know scientifically about creativity and innovation in the workplace? So the first question is, what was covered in the TED Talk that was actually covered in class and we have scientific evidence for? So kind of like, you know, do they have information in there that's scientifically proven? The second question is, did they bring up anything that we didn't cover in class at all that we haven't talked about? Because that shows you where the gaps are in the class material. We can't cover everything, but you also need to know that that's the case. And the third one, and that's one sometimes they struggle with, is what did was covered in the TED Talk that actually the class, uh, the science shows is actually incorrect. So sometimes it's people's perceptions. Sometimes it's a, a presentation that was taped, you know, years ago. And since then, we have new science. Um, but uh, in learning to separate the what is supported by scientific evidence and what isn't within this context. So being a critical consumer of those TED Talks, which I think is, is cool and, and the students enjoy it and it's something different. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Ryder Palman from the University of Nebraska, Omaha, professor in the psychology department over at the, that university and also a visiting scholar in residence here at VCU. Really appreciate your time today, and thanks for joining us here in Richmond. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, thank you. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on the Creativity at Work podcast. To learn more about the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Business and our vision to drive the future of business through the power of creativity, visit us at business.vcu.edu or follow us on social media. Also, you can let the creativity come to you by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep up the creativity at work.